Good morning. Glad you could be with us on a very special uh, weekend and week that's coming up and next weekend as well. That's one of our favorite times uh, of life here at Fellowship Bible Church, our global church uh, week. And um, to our guests that are here, so glad you could be with us and join us from uh, different parts of the world to make the effort to be here uh, today. And those of you watching online, thanks for doing that. Down at F3 as well. So uh, very exciting what's uh, going to be happening this week. I don't know if the, the name uh, John Pemberton rings a bell with anybody, Dr. John Pemberton. He was a pharmacist down in Atlanta, Georgia, who about 130, 40 years ago, 1886, I think it was, came up with a, uh, a weird concoction that uh, he marketed for uh, medicinal purposes. He took the... Um, cocaine from cocoa leaves and, and uh, caffeine from the cola nuts, and he kind of mixed it up and put it together and sold it at a little, a little uh, pharmacy, a little um, soda fountain in Atlanta, Georgia. And that first year, he, um, he averaged about nine glasses a day that he sold. Um, cost him, uh, well, he made about 50 bucks that year, but it cost him $70 to do it, so it was kind of a losing proposition that year. But Pemberton would have been shocked to know that 130, 40 years later, uh, 1.9 billion glasses uh, of this product were sold this last year, and it, uh, it grossed $43 billion. Yep, Coca-Cola, Coca-Cola. Uh, you can just uh, about go anywhere in the world today, and you'll, you'll see a Coke. At one time, there. One of their, um, their little marketing phrases was a Coke in the hand in every land. Um, they took the Great Commission <laughs> seriously of putting the, their product out there to the world. Um, 2,000 years later, Jesus Christ, or 2,000 years earlier, Jesus Christ had given a, a command as well. He said, all authority has been given to me in heaven and earth. Go, therefore. And make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to observe all that I've commanded you. And lo, I'm with you always, even to the end of the age. The Great Commission. The gospel in every heart, in every land, go into the world, make disciples. The Great Commission. Now, notice he didn't say, go into the world and um, solve all the social woes of the day. Go into the world and make a comfortable living for yourself. He didn't say, go into all the world and, and right every wrong and correct every in, injustice of the world. When he said, go into the world and make disciples of me. Go and, and spread the good news about me. So important was that command that when the, when the resurrection took place and Jesus was meeting with his disciples before he ascended into heaven, he reiterated that command when he said, but you shall receive power, Acts 1-8, as we studied in our study of the book of Acts, you shall receive power when the Holy Spirit has come upon you. And as we just saw a little bit ago, the kids were saying, and you will be my witnesses in Jerusalem and Judea and Samaria and to the uttermost part, the ends of the earth. 
We've seen in our study of the book of Acts that we just ended last week, the early believers in Jesus Christ, they took that seriously. They, they took that great commission seriously. Now, it took a while at first. It took first eight chapters of Acts. They hunkered down in Jerusalem. They couldn't really kind of unclass from this Jerusalem area until in Acts chapter 8, the, a persecution set in. And then God used that persecution to scatter them outside of Jerusalem into Judea and Samaria and to the ends of the earth. We see the pattern in the book of Acts where as the believers in Jesus Christ took that command, that great commission seriously, they'd go into regions where no one had heard of Jesus before and they started sharing the good news of Jesus. We have a story to tell. We have some good news to tell. A God loved the world so much, he sent his son into the world, and he died for us. He came into our world and became fully human, and he took our sin upon himself, and he died in our place. And that God who died rose again on the third day, and he's alive, and he wants to offer a free gift of eternal life to everyone who believes this good news of the death and resurrection of Jesus Christ and the good news that to have a relationship with God for all of eternity, you simply have to believe him. God so loved the world, he gave his son that whosoever believes in him will not perish and ever, ever have everlasting life. And that message, that good news began to infiltrate cities and little towns and homes in the hearts of people. And churches were formed, gatherings of God's people who accepted that message. And they got together and they began to meet every week. And uh, many times probably during the week. And they got together and they encouraged one another. And they, they studied God's word together. And they, they admonished one another and prayed for one another. And then leaders were formed. And, and the church was then led by uh, teams of, of leaders. And those churches got stronger and stronger. In Acts chapter 14, we read it this way. After they had preached the gospel to that city and made many disciples, they returned to Lystra and Iconium and Antioch, strengthening the souls of the disciples, encouraging them to continue in the faith, saying, through many tribulations, we must enter the kingdom of God. And when they had appointed elders for them in every church, having prayed with fasting, they commended them to the Lord in whom they had believed. And ultimately... That good news message spread and spread and spread to the far reaches of the world 2,000 years later. It's still going on. Churches are being started where none existed before. Throughout all this world, people are coming to faith in Christ for the very first time hearing that good news that God loved them and sent his son to die for them. And he rose again on the third day and he offers eternal life to anybody who simply believes in him. Churches are being established then. They're started, they're planted, and then they're being strengthened and established, and people are growing in their relationship with Jesus Christ. Now, for over 40 years here at Fellowship Bible Church, we've had the privilege of, um, of being a part of that venture. When we do a membership class here at Fellowship Bible Church, we talk about our five core values at Fellowship Bible Church. We want people to love God and love his truth and love their families and love the, the church and then love the world. That's what kind of defines going and making a disciple. You want to know what a disciple looks like? There it is, five core values. They love God passionately 
and they're grounded in loving his truth because Jesus said when you know the truth, the truth will set you free. And those are the vertical values. And then the horizontal values that, that flow from that is it starts with the family. Loving our parents, loving our spouses, loving our grandparents, our aunts and uncles, our nieces and nephews. It's, it's loving our family. God has established the family. And then loving the church family. A disciple is somebody who is deeply involved and engaged in the life of the church and using their giftedness and the, the resources that God has implanted with them to make the church stronger. And then it's loving the world. God so loved the world. And it's because of that fifth core value, loving the world, that Fellowship Bible Church has been involved for almost 40 years, over 40 years, in this, this, this global enterprise of the Great Commission of sharing the good news of Jesus throughout the world. And God has been very, very gracious to us here at Fellowship Bible Church that over these years, there has been a mentality, a, a philosophy of ministry here that says, we want a, we want a, global, um, a global outreach ministry that is far more defined beyond just a map and a budget at the back of a, of a in, in a foyer somewhere in a church building. You know, a map that has a little pin sticks somewhere with the little names that you don't know, you've never met, and you don't even maybe know how to pronounce the country they're in, and then a, a monthly check that goes out. We want to have, we, we wanted to have a, a hands-on, um, dynamic, relational um, gospel ministry around the world. That was the burden of the people who started this church many years ago. Planting new churches where none existed, but then establishing those churches so that that work of, of ministry is going to continue in those countries. Well, that is what God has allowed us to do over the last 40 years here at Fellowship Bible Church. Now, that global missions ministry, and by the way, 20% of the, of the take on a Sunday morning in terms of tithes and offerings, 20% of our um, uh, general budget goes to this venture of global missions. Now that venture of global missions is undergirded by some core values as well. What is this? Why do we do what we do? Why are there people here today and all this week and next weekend from Latin America and Africa and India and other places in the world? Why, why are they here? What, what are we doing here? What, what is it about? Let me walk through with you very quickly six of the core values that undergird why we do what we do in global missions. All right, just here, here's why we do what we do. Here's the, 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 the first kind of core value of our global missions. We want to be Jesus Christ-centered. We want to be Jesus Christ-centered. There are challenges around this world that our, our partners that we work with face every day. Challenges of poverty, challenges of hostility to the gospel, um, challenges of, of, uh, of a culture that is, runs totally contrary to the things of God, um, deep, um, life-impacting challenges. And it's very easy. We, we know this here in this country. It's very easy for us to get drawn away and begin to focus on those things instead of the Lord Jesus Christ. And so what we want to do and what we encourage is to help people as we travel around the world to not focus on 
on people and problems and programs, but to keep their focus on the Lord Jesus Christ. I mean, that's our hope, is the Lord Jesus Christ. And it's not Fellowship Bible Church. You know, we don't want people around the country to look at Fellowship Bible Church and say, that church is our hope. So we help point people to Jesus Christ. And you know what? It's reciprocated. When we travel around the world or the folks, our partners that come here, they remind us to keep our focus on the Lord Jesus Christ because he is supreme. John Stott, who was a great theologian, and he wrote a commentary on uh, Romans, and he made this comment in his commentary on Romans. He said, the highest of missionary motives is neither obedience to the Great Commission, important as that is, nor love for sinners who are alienated and perishing, strong as that incentive is, especially when we contemplate the wrath of God. But the highest missionary motive is zeal, he says, a burning, passionate zeal for the glory of Jesus Christ. Only one imperialism is Christian, and that is concerned for his imperial majesty, Jesus Christ, and for the glory of his empire. There is one passion and one zeal that we need to propagate around the world, and that is a passion for Jesus Christ. That's what we try to do in our global missions ministry. Help focus on Jesus. Help people get excited about Jesus. Have a, a passion for Christ. And if a passion for Christ is not the center of what we do, then what we do becomes the center of our passion. If a passion for Jesus isn't central in what we do, then we'll get all caught up in the doing of things and that becomes our central passion. So we want to help people focus on Jesus, not focus on techniques or methods or money or those types of things, but on the Lord Jesus Christ. There's nothing more deadening to the soul, nothing more deadening to a church ministry, whether it's here in America or around the world. Nothing more deadening to the soul than when we focus on serving Jesus instead of Jesus himself. So what do we do with global missions? We try to help people focus on Jesus. Jesus Christ-centered. Second of all, Holy Spirit-led. You see, Jesus said, I'm going to go to the Father, but I'm going to send a helper, and he's going to focus on me. That's what the Holy Spirit does. He puts the spotlight on Jesus. He helps us be Jesus-focused. And we want, as we go around the world, we want to encourage people to allow the Holy Spirit of God to lead them in their ventures, to, to get their marching orders from, Je from Jesus through the power of the Holy Spirit. When Jesus, was, after he was raised, book of Acts, chapter 1, he met with his disciples for 40 days, but he says, I'm going to go to the Father, but stay in Jerusalem because the power of the Holy Spirit is going to come, come upon you. You will be my witnesses because the Holy Spirit will come upon you. And there you see the pattern. Jesus went up, the Holy Spirit came down, and the church got sent. That's the pattern. And so we can't do things in our own strength and power. But through the presence of the Holy Spirit within us, He will do those things. And that's what we want to share around the world. Jesus Christ focused, centered on Him, but Holy Spirit led. And so we try to do that. And when we travel around the world, or when our folks come here, guess what? They remind us of the very same thing. 
it's reciprocal. Third value that we have here is being biblically based. As we seek to work with people around the world and help establish those churches around the world so that they can go out and plant new churches in their regions and help establish those churches, the foundational truths of the scriptures, that's what we have to teach. Jesus said when you know the truth, it's the truth that will set you free. And all throughout the world today, people are living in bondage, just like here in this country. People are gripped, they're shackled by sin. And it's the truth of God's word that's going to set people free. Jesus said in his high priestly prayer in John chapter 17, he said, Father, sanctify them in truth. Thy word is truth. And so when we go around the world and we hold pastor conferences and leadership conferences or just meet one-on-one or we do it by Zoom and we meet with people week after week after week right here from, through technology and our offices here, that's what we focus on. Hey, let's open our Bibles. Let's have a Bible study. Let's see what God's Word is saying. Biblically based. There's a fourth core value, and that is enduring relationships. Enduring relationships. FBC Missions is about people. Real people. And one of the blessings that we've had over the years here, over the decades, is that we get to know these folks. They get to know us. This is family. And it's so fun to see and reacquaint. Um, and, and we have some new folks here who've never been here this, this coming week. But it's so fun to have folks here. And yeah, it might be a year or two since we've seen them. But we pick up in those relationships. Because that's what FBC Missions is about. Building enduring, lasting relationships. And we want our global church partners to know we care for you, we love you. And they reciprocate. They love us. This, I, think, I think this church is one of the most prayed for churches around the world because we have literally thousands of believers around the world praying for Fellowship Bible Church. I've shared before, you know, I'm dealing with another bout of cancer. I've got people all over the world praying for me. My goodness, so they don't pray me into heaven? You get me there? I, I, I mean, what, what are they praying for? Good night. I've got prayer support all over the world. That is a part of what enduring relationships is. You got the idea? It's not just a map and a budget. A map somewhere with little pinpoints with names that we don't even know. We're talking about family. And that's the reason why we are very purposeful in trusting God to lead us to those enduring relationships. Well, the fifth core value of our global missions is leadership development. For many years, um, as, we, as we've gone through this global um, evangelistic uh, church planting, church establishing venture, we have prayed over and over again, God, lead us to the people you want us to know. Open the doors to relationships of key people around the world who in turn can train other people around the world. And God has graciously allowed us to do that. Strong leaders make strong churches. And God has blessed us with partners, again, from around the world that we can help input into their lives. They come here. They help input into our lives. It's reciprocal. It wasn't always that way. Oftentimes, it was just kind of a one-way. We would go do a knowledge dump, you know, build those relationships. Not happening anymore as much. They build into our lives. We are enriched. 
And then we go over there, help them teach some more people. They gather pastors and, and church leaders from their regions and their countries. And this whole idea of building leaders continues. It's what the early church did. They planted churches where none existed. Then they came in, developed leaders, established those leaders, and those churches then got strong and got established. That's the pattern we see in the book of Acts. That's what God has led us to here at Fellowship Bible Church. There's a sixth and final kind of core value that undergirds what we do here, and that is that we want our people and our partners that we work with around the world to raise up the value of the local church. Not to be Lone Ranger Christians out there doing their little thing all alone out in the field somewhere, but to be vitally engaged and involved in the life of their local church and help establish other local churches. Because that's what God's plan is. God works through the local church. He doesn't work through Lone Ranger Christians out there. We need to be gathered together in a body of believers where those one another's are, are, are being lived out in the life of the church, loving one another, praying for one another, admonishing one another, serving one another within the context of leaders that help guide and lead the spiritual direction of a church, all under the chief shepherd of the church, the Lord Jesus Christ. Local church focus. God loves the bride of Christ. It says in Ephesians chapter 5, Husbands, love your wives just as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her, so that he might sanctify her, having cleansed her by the washing of water with the word, and that he might present to himself the church in all her glory, having no spot or wrinkle or any such thing, but that she, she should be holy and blameless. Jesus Christ gave his life for his bride. He loves the church. And he wants us to help build that church, help establish that church. The church is so important to the Lord. So important to the Lord. It's his, it's his primary means of displaying his glory in the world today. The body of Christ. The physical body ascended into heaven. The spiritual body began to grow and grow and grow from the day of Pentecost on to this very day. And the body of Christ is going around the world today. You can find the, the body of Christ functioning and, and, and glorifying God. And we want to help establish that church. We want to work with people who, who value the local church to come together. Six core values. Jesus Christ-centered, Holy Spirit-led, biblically-based, enduring relationships, leadership development, and local church-focused. Local church By the way, and this is another whole sermon, so that simply means Mark's about to say something more. But it'll be short. You could take these six core values, and these are personal. These are personal values in our own life, right? These should be our personal values. To be Jesus Christ centered, every one of us, Holy Spirit led, every one of, that should be exhibited in every one of our lives. To be biblically based, to know the Word of God, to to walk in His truth and be transformed by it, should affect every one of us. Building enduring relationships within our families, within our church family, should characterize every one of us. Leadership development, every one of us should be aspiring to, to lead others, to influence others in our life, to impact the lives of others. That's leadership. 
certainly within our homes, local church focused. Again, God does not want Lone Ranger Christians out there. And you know, that's a, that's an, even as I say that, that's an old American um, metaphor. A Lone Ranger, people from around the world probably, what is Mark talking about? Lone Ranger Christians. In fact, many of you young people don't even probably know what the Lone Ranger is. I mean, this, so I won't take time to explain all that, but going out there all alone, doing your own thing, and sometimes wearing a mask. <laughs> Kim Osabi. Every one of those things should be a part of our parents, grandparents, those are values that we need to be inculcated into the life of our family. So we share these things around the world. Our partners around the world come and they encourage us with these very same things. That's Fellowship Bible Church's global missions ministry in a nutshell. Why do we do it? Why does 20% of our take on a Sunday morning go to global missions? One word, obedience. All authority on heaven and earth has been given to me, Jesus said, now go into the world and make disciples. Go into the world and make disciples. Key word, obedience. Second key word. Why do we do it? Love. Jesus said, if you love me, you'll keep my commandments. It's love for him. Folks, we've got the greatest message this world could ever hope to have. It's a message of God's love. He sent his son to die for us, to give us eternal life, to, to give us life, and not even have to wait for it till we die, to experience it now. That's the hope of the world. It's too good to, to keep to ourselves. Go into the world, he said. Make disciples. I've got some great stuff for you out there in this world. And that's what they need. Do we love the world as Christ loved him? Do we love him? Why do we do what we do here in missions? Because God tells us to do it. And then he empowers us to do it. And we do it out of love for him because of what he's done for us. So, so what is that going to look like for us here? Let me, let me give you some really practical things that are happening this week. If you want to get engaged in our global missions thing and really get immersed in it, we have some stuff going on starting tonight. So here's the applications to this short little message. Get involved in some of these things. Get your mind stretched this week by talking, getting to know, rubbing shoulders with uh, some of our global partners for, who are here from around the world. Find out about their life, their their families, find out what their favorite food is, ask questions, just get to know some people, build that own personal relationship with you. And it starts with tonight. Let me just mention some things that are happening. Our Global Church Week, this week, and it kicks off with the worship night. That's tonight. Starts at 6 o'clock, Global Church Worship. It's a multicultural event of worship and praise and celebration and just reinvigorating those relationships that God has blessed us with over the years. So come tonight. In fact, come at 5 o'clock, bring a covered dish. And see that little thing, 5 o'clock p.m. potluck? That probably should have been the biggest words in there, right? Because we love to eat. But 5 o'clock tonight, bring a covered dish. We're going to eat. And then at 6 o'clock, we're going to celebrate and worship together and get to know one another and our global church friends. That's tonight. Wednesday night, 
Well, we still have opportunities for you to host one of our church partners. Uh, you could go on our website, the Global Church Week webpage. We still have some slots. If you want to take some folks out for lunch, for a coffee, spend an hour, just kind of dig deeper into the lives, into the ministry of a particular people, please do that. I said this last night. We, we in America here can be so, um, I think I used the word provincial. I mean, just, I, 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 I sat um, a little bit yesterday, Friday night, and I, I watched American football. All right, I hate that, but I, no, I don't hate it, but I, I did it. And, you know, my life can be occupied there and then, you know, and, and the kids and grandkids and, you know, my doctor appointments and whatnot. You know, they, uh, we, we can be so narrow-minded and think, there is a world all out there happening. Now, I know the news, like, what's going on in Israel? And all of a sudden, that awakens us to a little bit what's going on. But, folks, do you realize we have people right here today, this weekend, from different parts of the world that are living real lives on the cutting edge of ministry that what God is doing in the world, take them out for a coffee and talk to them. Stretch your minds a little bit of what God is doing. There's Curtis right there. Sorry, people down in F1 and, or, and, and watching or down in F3. But Curtis Thompson from Garfield Park, inner city Chicago. That's another whole world. And they're doing some stuff by God's power and grace that are impacting lives there. Find out. Rub some shoulders with people. That's, you can do that all throughout the week. Or, these are fun things. Starting Thursday, and it's all day, and then Friday morning, but Thursday, 9 to 4, we're going to be gathering here, and we're going to be hearing those um, reports from folks from around the world. So they're going to be, each one is going to be given time. Tell us what's going on in your ministry, what's happening in the world, and just join us. If you can join us for an hour, just come. Thursday, um, morning, afternoon, Friday morning um, from uh, 10 to 11.30. Uh, join us for those reports. Uh, we'd love to have you. And we always have great snacks and a little lunch and all that stuff together. Again, let's get our minds stretched to what God is doing around the world. And then Friday night, a lot of fun. Our family night, we've done this many times, family night. Um, 6 to 8 p.m. It's a kind of an open house. This room will be all cleared out, and there'll, there'll be booths of, of, of our folks uh, from around the world, uh, you know, Ecuador and, and Kenya, and different, all different places. And you can go around to each place and find out a little bit more about their country and taste a little bit of their food and, and just mingle and get to know folks. Family night. Bring the kids, bring the neighbor's kids, bring the neighbor's dogs, bring the whatever. No, don't do that, but just come. And uh, we'll have a great time on Friday night. Saturday, Fall Festival at Marker Miller. So we're just going to show up there and hang out, and there'll be stuff for kids to do and a lot of fun on Saturday, October 14th, 11 to 2. And then next Sunday, we come back for our worship service. It'll be a unique time uh, again together with our global partners. And that night, we're having our, um, our family church meeting. And uh, we'll wrap up our, our whole missions uh, Global Church Week with that, that uh, congregational family gathering um, and send, send folks off uh, related to that. And interspersed throughout the week, Women in the Word, Tuesday, 
Really some exciting things happening there. Seniors on Wednesday, some exciting visitors there. Crack of dawn, guys, Thursday. So just stuff all, all, all week. Now the choice is ours. You want to hear what God is doing around the world? Man, there's this, it, it's, it's mind-blowing what God is doing around the world. So come, participate, be a part of it, and see what God is doing. There's a handout in the back that everything I've just been flapping my gums about, there it is. So grab one of those. We could have cut out here 10 minutes earlier. But um, see what God is doing around the world. Folks, Jesus tells us to be occupied until he returns. I don't know what's going on in the Middle East right now. I don't know how all that fits into God's timing. We do know that Jesus said, I'm coming back. And by the looks of things, he's coming back really, really soon. But be that as it may, if he comes back next week or 100 years from now, he has still given us the wonderful opportunity to go into the world and share the good news of Jesus, to make disciples. That's what we're trying to do here at Fellowship Bible Church. And by God's grace and through his power, we're going to continue to do that. Because there's nothing better than Jesus to offer a hopeless world. Let's pray. Father, thank you so much for the opportunities we have to worship you and do it together with friends from around the world and just to get this picture of the, the universal body of Christ. Thank you so much, Father, for allowing us this privilege, this opportunity. And Father, as we continue this a fun yet busy um, global church week. Thank you for the safety that you've afforded our folks here who've been able to come. Um, <laughs> Lord, there was others who tried to get visas and couldn't, and for whatever reasons, uh, we, we, we accept that. Your plans and purposes are always perfect. But for the folks here, we are so, so grateful, Father, to be able to partner with them, to learn from them, to be inspired and, and to grow um, together in Christ. Um, make this a very special week, Father. Open our eyes to what you're doing around the world so that we can worship you in a deeper, um, in, a, in a more um, personally impactful way and inspire us then to continue the good work of preparing and deploying dependent disciples of Jesus Christ, going about this world, changing their world for you. In Christ's name I pray, amen.